Poetry Challenges with David Morley, Director of the Warwick Writing Programme. Welcome to Poetry Challenges, a series of podcast workshops in which we plunge into the woods of poetry, weaving magical tales behind us, and leave before dawn with our poems gathered in our arms. Listen to this ancient poem, written or sung by a nun. Sing cuckoo sing cuckoo, sing cuckoo, sing cuckoo Sume is a kubinin, rude sing cuckoo. Groeth said and bloweth med, and springeth the wood new. Sing cuckoo. In these podcasts, I am going to teach you to sing cuckoo. I am going to help you find your voice in a borrowed nest of language, which you will then make your own. Think of a poem as a living thing, something that possesses its own life, energy and rhythm. The cellular life of a poem is its language. All language naturally possesses rhythm, even non-human languages. Rhythm is made of beats, whether of a skin drum in a frog's throat or a hoof's thrum. For living creatures, Rhythm is used to create and defend territory and communicate. For example, song is modulated in order to carry it best through resistant matter, as well song is through the soft walls of ocean or an owl's call spooling through woodland. The languages of most animals on our planet are based on sounds, and the sound carries the meaning. Rhyme and rhythm are not as artificial as you might suppose. They are natural mnemonics occurring in bird song and animal calls. Slow a skylark song and you will hear a sophisticated thematic development of beats within just one second of song. Yet the bird sings continuously in real time as you pass beneath. Now. What is the secret of poetry? Surprise in language is poetry's open secret. When you were a child, you probably loved poetry without knowing why. The rhythm of language is what engaged you, and the rhyme may also have surprised poems into your memory. Poems are made up of lines of words that do not usually reach the far side of the page. Words themselves possess a small amount of music because they are made up of syllables, which are themselves made up of short and long speech sounds and gradations between, just like birdsong. You can guess measure this length by saying them aloud. As you speak them, you will also hear how we breathe out harder on some syllables than others. We stress certain syllables more than we stress others, and all the gradations between. This lends spoken language its rhythm. Now, there is no final science about this. Stresses change when we catch our breath, and every language has its own music, every accent too, and even the mood we are in affects the way we speak. A lover may sound their words rather differently than a murderer although a good poet might play on this distinction. 
Yet, as we speak, our larynx, teeth and tongue, even our upbringing and intention, inject stress patterns into the words we speak, the beats of rhythm. Poetry raises the voice in language and sings, says, whispers and shouts intentionally. We talk about lines of poetry having a metre which counts these stressed syllables and arranges them into patterns called feet. And we give terms to various patterns of stress such as a sponde, two stresses, one after the other. These patterns reveal themselves in speech without the need for stress marks urging, hark, a sponde. The most common stress pattern in English verse is called iambic pentameter. An iamb is a fat with an unstressed syllable followed by a stressed syllable. It makes the kind of noise this sentence makes. Yet even as I speak, the sounds will change. A lump of stress is catching in my throat. As you've just heard, no two iams are precisely the same. And given the fluidities of language and speech, stress patterns are always approximations to the real thing. Poets play with these patterns, often intuitively, in order to create verbal effects, because they've trained their ears to listen for these effects, not only in speech, but in listening to the rhythms in the world. Here is a cool example from the first line of Richard Wilbur's poem, The Juggler. A ball will bounce, but less and less. Let's hear that again. A ball will bounce, but less and less. Did you hear the ball bouncing in your ear? The iambic line of four stresses imitates the ball. Small differences in stress give the effect of less and less force, and the rhythm imitates the way a ball slows to a stop in smaller and smaller arcs. Poetry is a form of creating such epiphanies through making lines of language, the internal musical arrangement of which, as with Wilbur's ball, carries the poem into memory. Now, here is your poetry challenge for today. Please write a poem of 20 lines in iambic pentameter without rhyme. Then, write a poem in iambic pentameter of 14 lines in which you use full rhyme. It is useful for any poet to get to grips with basic meters. If, during drafting of any of these poems, you feel that the rhyme or meter is getting in the way of the poem's success, then consider altering it, even if that disrupts the meter and rhyme patterns. So, just to recap, your poetry challenge is to write a poem of 20 lines in iambic pentameter without rhyme, then write a poem in iambic pentameter of 14 lines in which you use full rhyme. Thank you for listening, and good luck with your own poems. 